0: I think the reason why was because my music wasn't ready like quality mix wise uh my structure was off um just a bunch of different things where it is it just wasn't working for your boy so um i had to take a few more years to really hone in and master my craft so shoot i say now we're at like five five years or so Um, and then I ended up signing a publishing deal like 2011 something like that Um, and then that's when I eventually ended up landing my first tv placement yo what's good this is clint your host on the music is my business podcast the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career if you want your questions answered live join me on youtube at clint music on wednesdays at 12 p.m eastern time and let's chop it up now let's dig into this week's episode i'm gonna start off man by just uh talking about mindset man like mindset is everything um. So one thing one thing I see a lot, man, if you go into a situation already doubting yourself or already being like super duper skeptical whether or not you can do it, um, it makes it kind of tough because you're kind of giving yourself an out before you even get started because you're already putting that negative mind thinking and energy just in your brain like you don't you don't want to do it man go into it um, knowing that you can do it because it's been done before if somebody else did it it's you can do it too like it's been done before so it's, it's never a question of whether or not it can be done it's a question of if you're going to do the work to actually do it and once you make up in your mind that you you're going to do the work no matter what then you'll find that you can do whatever you put your mind to. So that's super important, man. Doing anything, like it doesn't even matter. Getting placements, getting in the studio with artists, getting your music on TV and film, doesn't even matter. What matters is your mindset and whether or not you believe you can actually do it. Um, so that's, uh, that's crucial, man. So let's see, we got somebody from dallas fort worth texas that's what's up we got indiana in the building what's up tj the drummer adriel we got hip hypnosis beats from utah producer one mayhem and atx dope dope david vrooman said he got a bounce will this be posted later it absolutely will so yeah definitely feel free to come back check it out it'll be posted Um, so you can come back and get these gems um what's up g mac mccray from scotland shout out to you all the way out in scotland man i appreciate you guys tuning in um yeah man i'm on here for like the next hour i'm an open book so hit me with the questions what what kind of questions do you guys have um what are you struggling with what challenges do you have um i'm here man i'm here to share what i know and hopefully get you unstuck that's that's my goal is to get you unstuck what's up night Rider? and also feel free to share man if you if you know somebody needs some help on these topics go ahead share the stream welcome them in and we'll get these uh these questions popping off all right so the first question goes to my guy rome herbert The question is, what's good from Indianapolis? And if you ever listen to fear and feel paralyzed, I create music for you to feel bold and move into greatness. This actually was not a question. I didn't read the whole thing before I posted it, but it's all good. Um, But that's dope, man, to be able to create music that that makes people feel bold and and move into greatness. Um, I think everybody needs that in their catalog for sure. So y'all check out my guy, Rome Herbert. If y'all feeling scared and, and paralyzed, check out his music, man. He'll get you unscared and unparalyzed. Appreciate that, bro. Charles Jefferson, welcome back, bro. The question is, I purchased a feature from an artist to rap on my beat. When I post the song to streaming platforms, do I have to coordinate with their management? Um, that's a good question. I would, uh, honestly, I would have, I would have worked that out before I posted it. But since you're, you're here now, or no, you didn't post it yet. When I post this, yeah, yeah, I will reach out to management and ask them if like do they want splits of the song sales or did i just pay for the feature and then i just keep all the profits from that get that straight with them and then they should be able to let you know um so yeah just so just so you know and just for peace of mind um that way ain't nobody coming back like yo you you didn't pay me my my cut so yeah definitely good practice producer one mayhem says bro what's the first step in getting a placement well it depends on what kind of placement um if it's a placement with an artist like a major artist um man there's there's so many different steps you can take i think the first step is figuring out what kind of placement you want if it's with an artist now you got to figure out what's the best way to get your music in front of an artist is that going to be through a manager is that going to be through um somebody else who works closely with the artist is that going to be through an R or you know a, a studio exec is it going to be through booking some some hours out at a studio and where you know different artists work and then just vibing out in that studio to somebody walk past and, and hear what you're doing. Like, you know, it's different approaches um, to that. If it's as far as like a TV placement, um, your first step is figuring out what kind of music do you want to do? Like, are you trying to do commercials? Are you trying to do movie trailers? Are you trying to just, you know, do instrumental background cues? Um, there's different there's different areas you can work in. Um, for different placements, um, but that you're gonna. The first step is learning. You know what kind of what kind of music you want to do. Um, learning how to structure that music for TV and film, um, what they look for, and then just reaching out and, and researching companies um, that want that music and that pitches music for TV and film. So those are those are like the first the first few steps. Um, to kind of to get you started on the tv placement side of things i have a free six step guide that'll walk you through those those beginning steps um so if you want that um you can just go to clintproductions.com and um and grab that that'll help you get get started no doubt wrong. I i got you it's all good J Tempo, what's good? The question is, what are the steps to starting your own library to pitch to music supervisors? Um, Man, so the, I guess it depends. So I guess the first thing is building up a catalog of music, right? Um, Building up a catalog of music and have it organized in a way to where you can submit all the information music supervisors need. So that's metadata. That's writer splits, um, having agreements, publishing agreements, licensing agreements in place with all of the writers, all the producers involved on the tracks that you own in your catalog, Um, unless it's just all your music. And then using uh, using a platform like Disco, disco Disco.ac, Uh, super dope platform specifically made with music licensing in mind and music supervisors in mind using a platform like that um to where you can share you know links and stuff and different pitches excuse me to music supervisors um so do that and then the most important part is building relationship with music supervisors so you'll have to do some research and start finding music supervisors, take them to lunch, take them to dinner, like whatever whatever you got to do to start building relationships with music supervisors um, so that uh, you have somebody to actually send the music to. So those are definitely the steps you uh, you have to you have to take to do something like that. But uh, yeah, man, appreciate you coming through, J Tempo. G. McCray, the question is: Would you recommend making something unique or follow trends to get placements? Does it pay to stand out? Um, so there's a it's kind of a balancing act, uh, right? So whatever is trending, you're gonna see requests for naturally on the TV side of things. So whatever's trending in radio and on the charts, you're gonna see some requests for that um, because. They want those vibes. They want, you know, the music that's popular. Um, so you're going to see those. And what I do is, you know, I'll I'll go off of the brief that's asking for something trendy, but I'm going to still kind of make it my own. Right. Um, but then there's other opportunities where trend doesn't even matter. Like they want something from that sounds like it's from the 70s or something. Like I've seen briefs like that, like they literally want some music that sounds like it's, it's from the 70s it, they don't want it to be trendy um that's the dope part about making music for tv and film it's just like sometimes you do trendy stuff sometimes you don't it's all about what they want in the scene um and what you know just what's needed in that moment um so you're able to kind of do both um and you're you're able to kind of balance both that way so hopefully that that helps clarify that. Um, and does it pay to stand out it's, I mean, you want to do what you what you're best at, right? That's how you stand out. Um, if you will just do whatever you do best and then they'll come to you for for what you do best. Great question. Hypnosis Beat says, what pays the most for beats? Ah, man, the range is all over the place. There's there's like, there's no range. There's no like, oh, this is gonna get paid more. It's just like, I could have a kick and a bass and that joint is gonna pay me just as well as a fully produced track. If it's for the same, you know, the same thing. Like sometimes I'll send a full track with vocals and everything. well, uh, I think I think vocals may make a little bit more. But um, anyways, like they could take bits and pieces of a track and just use, you know, a couple stems versus the whole thing. You're still going to get paid the same amount. Um, it What really determines is, you know, the the length of usage um, the network is playing on, how many times it, it plays different things like that. Um, so there's no like, I know this is gonna make more than this one. It's, you, you never know sometimes. So yeah, definitely depends. What's up, Florida checking in from Jacksonville, Florida. Anderson Banks Jr., welcome back. Uh, the question is, So we should register our music to something like ASCAP or BMI. Um, Yes, you will have to register your music with ASCAP or BMI or CSAC um, once you're, you know, you're with a a library and they're pitching your music. That's how you actually collect your performance royalty. So when something plays on TV, um, radio, things like that, um, it it generates a, a performance royalty. Um, so you will have to be registered with one of them. A music licensing company is going to ask you like for that. They call it like a C CAE slash IPI number. Um, they're going to ask you for that. So you definitely want to make sure you're at least registered with them. And then most cases, the music licensing company will register the tracks on your behalf since they're kind of like the publisher. Um, but yeah, definitely want to have that in motion. G McCray is back. He says, I bought your blueprint, which is great. How did you learn this stuff? Did you have a mentor yourself or did you teach yourself the business stuff? That's a really good question, man. Um, so I have, I have a, I have a couple mentors, man, like people who just, you know, put me up on game. Um, when I, especially when I was first starting out. Um, so learn some stuff through, through those experience, through those people. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of it man is just learning is trial and error man like the the information that i'm giving you guys uh is information that i've I've even i've I've either learned from making mistakes and not doing it the right way um or something i just learned along the way that i didn't know um because you know now we have the internet and a lot of information is out there but if you don't know what to even search for in the first place that's not even useful right so um that uh, reading books going to conferences um yeah man uh it's just a a combination of experience asking questions and um and just looking up stuff uh, myself so yeah like my whole point is to save you guys from taking the same like you know years and years of mistakes and stuff like that um and just kind of get to where you're trying to go, a little bit faster, uh, without having to go through the trial and error. That's the dope part about mentorship and you know, getting consultations from people who who may be where you're trying to go, or or who have ac- already accomplished what you're trying to accomplish. It's like you can get insight um, and know exactly what to avoid or what to do. Um, just based off somebody else's experience and you can get from point A to point B a lot faster that way. Um, that's like, that's a major G code, man. Like I get consultations from people um, even like just in business and, and different things um, because they're at where I'm trying to get already. So, yep, that's where it's coming from. What's up, Creative? All is well, bro. Hope the same. Herbie Brown, welcome back, man. Good to see you. Uh, Herbie says, "Thanks, thank you for being a gate opener as opposed to a gatekeeper." Much respect. Absolutely. I um, I actually just got off of a uh, a radio interview, and we we were talking about that. Just. Scarcity versus abundance mindset, man. Um, a lot of people are super scarce. <laughs> they, man, they feel like they give some information away. It's going to dry up whatever work they have, man. It's, it's If you think that way, if you move through life that way, man, you're going to be messed up, bro, because it's, uh, it's limiting. You know what I mean? You, you close doors on yourself by thinking that way. But if you approach everything... Uh, with an abundance mindset and know that there's more than enough to go around you won't have a problem sharing with other people man and then you'll find that you actually you get more back um just from sharing with other people you build relationships from sharing with other people you expand your network from sharing with other people so that's the key man Jake Handelman. What's up, Jake? I've been good, dude. Man, just working, chilling and uh, just trying to be great, man. Just trying to be great. The question is, how does the music business affect your life personally? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's I kind of separate the two if I can. Like, I have time for personal stuff and then I have time for business stuff. Um, but it doesn't, every now and then, sometimes I can go into like workaholic mode and then my wife gotta be like, yo, you like, you working. And I'm like, oh, was that? I didn't even know. Like sometimes I don't even be knowing I'm working. Like, um, but she'll bring me back to reality of like, okay, boom, got gotta put the phone away, um, to give them that quality time. Um, but yeah, man, other than that, man, I just kind of, we kind of manage our time so that, um. You know, we have that personal time, we have that personal life, and then we have that the business time and the business life as well. It's just all about balance. Appreciate you coming through, Jake. Dave, what's up, Dave? Caught you at PMA yesterday. Love the channel and music sub. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. uh, For for those of you who don't know what PMA is, Production Music Association it's a secret society of composers nice nah, it's, uh it's a dope organization man for people who are in um into sync music licensing production music so super dope we had a um a nice little it's like a what they call it, like a little coffee chat and breakout sessions and things like that so super dope organization shout out to dave man appreciate you coming through and subscribing <clears throat> what's up Samuel Samuel says I've partnered with two or three libraries I've heard partnering with two or three libraries is a good idea how many libraries do you work with that's a really good question um because there's like different it's <clears throat> different stages that I've that I went through when kind of getting into this this music licensing stuff right so when I first started right like my goal um, a few years back was, To land 10 TV placements in a year. So to do that. I didn't have. I was kind of starting from scratch. I didn't have any relationships with. with Relationships with libraries or anything like that. So my goal was to reach out to as many libraries as possible. um, To start getting my music in as many buckets as possible. So when I started. I was reaching out to like. Shoot five a day. um, And just waiting for people to hit me back. Because what happens is you start with a high number right but as you get deeper deeper into it um, a certain amount of libraries are going to say yes we're accepting submissions and then the number gets smaller then you go down to okay this is this could actually be a a, a good mutually beneficial relationship good contract then that number goes down there's a random fly like in this I don't even know how it got down here but anyways um, so that number goes down And then um, the number of libraries that actually get you placements goes down. So by the time you like dwindle everything down from like all the companies you reached out to to the ones that actually work and get you placements, you'll find yourself working with only like a handful of companies. And the fact that you literally only have two hands and so much time in a day to make so much music that you can only submit to so many people at once anyway. Um, So once I kind of figured out which libraries worked for me after that initial phase of reaching out to a bunch of people, it ended up narrowing down to about, I don't say, I'll say about, excuse me, I'll say about four to five libraries um, that I'll probably submit to um, on a regular basis um and it just depends on you know because briefs are coming they're sending different briefs um but yeah and it doesn't have to be a super huge number of libraries because again you can only send so much you can only make so much music you can only focus on so many briefs at once at once so yeah i think to start out though you have to reach out to quite a few just to get those 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 deals Um, And then to figure out which ones are actually going to work. And then from there, you can kind of narrow down to a handful and then just like hyper focus and just keep loading them up um, because they're working. So replicate what works. I appreciate you coming through, Samuel. Hopefully that helps. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Thanks for answering all these questions. Do you do consultations? Yes, I, I do one on one consultations as well. Um, those can be booked at clintproductions.com as well slash services um, so we do like one on one zone call zone zoom calls and um, yeah pretty much just give you tailored advice depending on your personal situation and um, also throw in a few uh a few critiques on on tracks during those one on one so they're pretty dope man I get to meet some, some super dope people on those one on ones um just like you guys, so. No doubt, Jake. uh, Jake says, which DAW do you use? I use Logic Pro 10 uh, for music production. Occasionally, I'll hop in Pro Tools if I'm cutting vocals. Um, I love editing and recording vocals in Pro Tools for whatever reason. I don't know, it's just just nice and pro tools so yeah but logic is the the go-to g murray what's up g murray said peace bro thanks for your time how long did it take you to break into sync light to the sync licensing world and what was your regimen to get on man so shoot let's go back let's take you guys on a journey Um so I first heard about sync licensing. My bad. I moved my hand and changed the focus. So I first heard about it in college. Um was collabing with uh with a a good friend of mine now um adding keys and stuff to his tracks. He had a publish a licensing deal with a a pretty reputable publisher and um Yeah, he was just loading them up, sending them stuff And was telling me about um, Producing music for TV I didn't really take action on anything at the moment Just kind of let it soak in um, And I was still figuring my life out in college Like every college student is Um, So then fast forward Maybe a few years after that um, I decided to kind of go back and revisit that idea um so that's what two three years before i went back revisited. so then i signed up with taxi went to the road rally soaked in a bunch of more information and um decided like yo like i really want to pursue this so uh was pitching stuff to them um i didn't get i didn't land any deals um but I think the reason why was because my music wasn't ready like quality mix wise uh my structure was off um just a bunch of different things where it just wasn't working for your boy (laughs) so um i had to take a few more years to really hone in and master my craft so shoot i say now we're at like five five years or so Um, and then I ended up signing a publishing deal, like 2011, something like that. Um, and then that's when I eventually ended up landing my first TV placement. Um, so I want to say from the time I learned about licensing in general to the time I actually landed a placement, um, yeah, I'll say, I'll say maybe five years um, five solid years. So that's when the roll to 10 placements thing started. Like I kind of had a grasp. I knew that, you know, I could, my quality was there. Right. So now I spent the next, next year or two years, just really figuring out what structure works for TV, especially more specifically like instrumental cues. Um, so Spent a couple years kind of figuring that out, um, bumping my head, getting some rejections, getting some feedback, things like that. So it's um, it's definitely been a process, man. It didn't happen overnight. Um, so yeah, man. It uh, it took it took a little bit. And the the regimen, I I wasn't on a regimen until I got that first placement. Once I got the first placement, that's when I made the decision that I want to focus on music licensing. Um, Because at the time I was doing a lot. Like I was a gigging musician, trying to get uh, stuff placed with major artists. So I was doing a lot, but I decided like, yo, like I'm about to lock in and focus on this. Um, So then the regimen I started was... um, the first part was just submitting and reaching out to companies every day for like a month then after that you know you start taking meetings and calls and emails back and forth um, learning about the the process and um, then once you get the deal started then it's you're creating then you're learning about metadata then all of these things that it's just not you just don't know until you get in it you know what I mean like it's not it's not something that's just like I'm going to get into music licensing and then this is what I'm going to have to do. Like some stuff, you just don't know what you have to do until you get into it. You're like, oh, this is different. Um, so that's why I created the Road to Ten Placements uh, course and blueprint. It's, it's what I did to get started. And it's all the information that I use and that I needed to start getting TV placements. Um, and I wish that joint was around when when I got started real talk so yep yeah, hopefully that helps Floric music says did your friend pay you a one-off fee for playing keys or did he give you some of the back end um Man, dude, I don't even remember. Um, I don't remember how we did that. That's a good question. Uh, I I don't think it was an upfront fee. It was just literally just on some collaboration. Like I was just eager, man. I was like that eager musician in college. It's like I'm just excited for the opportunity. I'll do anything for free. And like honestly, man, sometimes you like you gotta do stuff for free. Just. To build the relationship, like don't get screwed like on the business stuff, but like, don't be so focused on like how am I gonna make money from this. Like I'm not working with you until I know. Like, just it was just chill, man. Like we both we we were both Buckeyes. We both went to the Ohio State University, so it was just a friend helping out a friend, man, and just kind of building a relationship, and then. Uh, we're still we're still friends to this day. Like we'll meet up, have lunch every now and then because we're we're in the same city now, um, and we just talk about business stuff, um, business ideas. Um, he's a, a music supervisor as well, so he he works on stuff occasionally. So it just grew from there, man. But um, I don't I don't remember ever getting paid. But you know I don't even know if they ever got placed. But we were just we were both young just getting started um and just learning together so and man i ain't even now that i think about it i don't even think i knew that there was a back end like this is crazy you're taking me back in time i don't even think i knew i, I didn't know like how the tv stuff worked like i didn't know anything it was just stupid <laughs> Isaiah, what's good? The question is, how long do deals normally last with libraries? Were the deals tricky like uh, you needed a lawyer or were they pretty black and white? That's a good question. So um, normally they're about two, three years. Um, That's been like the typical length I've seen. If you don't send something in writing, before the end of that two or three years, um, it'll automatically renew. That's usually what what I see, um, and as far as the like the licensing library deals, um, most of them were pretty straightforward. But that can be subjective, right? Um, like I took contract law in college. So like I was kind of familiar with different elements of a contract and what and what to look for. Um, so everything I didn't need like an attorney for. The first licensing deal, not no, I'm sorry, it wasn't a licensing deal, it was a publishing deal. I had an attorney review that because that one was kind of long and I just man, it was it was a little bit long. Um, but they reviewed that one for me. Um, and, and that was it But I, I always advise man Like at least for the first You know the first couple Or like whatever Like if you're not comfortable And you don't understand Like just pay a little fee To get somebody to look at it man Because you don't want to You don't want to sign something And not know what it's saying And not know what you're obligated to Um, And then look back And be like oh man Like y'all tried to get over on me Like nah bro Like it was in writing And you signed it um so make sure you know what that joint says so you don't have any regrets um and then once you once you see a lot of them you'll start to you'll start to know like the pattern what what's typical um what's not what changes um they all start to look very very similar after a while so hopefully that helps man ccat one do you mix and master your tracks yourself how much time did you spend learning mixing man yo y'all want to go on another journey like you want to talk about mixing and mastering man bro like that took years too that's that's what took me so long to really break into the licensing because i had to learn how to mix and master and i mean i i guess i could have outsourced or like um no i couldn't because i was broke i was in college man i had no money so I had to like learn how to do everything myself. So I couldn't outsource. I couldn't go pay somebody, a professional to mix and master my tracks at the time. So I had to learn how to do it myself. So that took some years and you know, I'm still learning to this day, man. Like mixing is just one of those things where you can always learn something. Now I'm in a place where like, I know when my mixes are solid, um, I know when it sounds good and to leave it alone, But yeah there's always little tips and tricks you can you can learn but definitely a a handful of years um, to get that down for sure what do i use for mastering or do you send to an engineer um so i use uh i use a shoot a a few plugins i I throw it and this is on my master track like when i'm pumping up the volume and everything I use, Uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna show you guys what I use. I'm gonna do a screen share. Let me open up a session and I'll show you guys what I use. I just have to find, to find a session right. I I used it. So let me get Logic open and I'm gonna share my screen with you guys. um, So you can see kind of how I have things set up on a master track. Um, but the reason why i'm glad i learned how to mix and master um is because in tv and film like a lot of people know the deadlines can be super duper quick like it can be today like it can be in an hour um so i don't have time to reach out to a studio and be like yo like I need you to mix and master this, or I need you to edit this. Like I may get a request to make a, a quick change and then send it right back. Like I can't be going back and forth waiting for Joe's schedule to open up to get to get my mix done. Um, so I gotta be able to turn around stuff quick. So I'm glad I learned how to mix and master because everything is in my session. Um, if I need to make an edit or change a sound, like I can do it quick and bounce out another mix super quick. Um, And it just allows me to have a a faster turnaround time um, and and do what I need to do in in licensing. Um, And I I can I can get records done so much faster, like because I can mix everything myself. So. Let's see. I got a super wide monitor, so I gotta adjust this window so y'all can actually see it without going blind. All right. Okay, so this is Logic. Everybody say, What's up to Logic? Um. So as you can see right here, I throw a tape on the master. This is from Slate Digital. I don't know, I guess it always spins. And then I I have this uh, FBC, FG Red um, compressor, just to kind of glue everything together on the master track, again from Slate Digital. And then I use the infamous FGX also from Slate Digital. Um, this is all I have on my master track. Um, so this, this allow me to add extra gain if I need to, turn it down um, and kind of mess with the, the transients and things like that to make sure um, it's hitting the same way before I put these on there, um, but it's just louder so I can kind of make adjustments here. Um, but the this combination here, it's just super dope it's super simple and easy um I just turn all those on and then I make sure like this wasn't a full track like this was a this was me I was on IG live and did like a sample pack literally live on IG super random but it was dope um, so this isn't like a, a mixed track but a lot of times the the tracks will be turned down really low to give to give myself headroom. So then by the time I come over here on my master, uh, um, this is actually the master track, but on this master stereo track, by the time I bring this up to zero or negative 0.1, um, and then I activate these plugins, I'm hitting right where I need to hit um, as far as volume, and then everything is loud and not clipping. So that's how That's how I master. I used to, it used to be two different processes. Like I would mix everything and then just maybe put like a compressor on this master track and then leave it at that. And then I would bounce it out and then drag it into another mastering session. And I had all of these crazy plugins. Um, But now I was just like, yo, why am I doing that? Going through all these changes? So I just simplified it and just threw everything on the master track and just adjusted my volumes uh on you know all the individual tracks um so that is how that's how i master what's good v pro vpro says how many libraries should you send at one time so if you're just reaching out to find libraries to work with as as many as possible um and we we kind of talked about it earlier but you know if you're just reaching out reach out to as many as possible so you can figure out which ones you want to work with um and then once you get to a point where you have deals in place um and you know which libraries work for you pick the submit to the ones that that get you placements and you can kind of figure out how you want to cycle um cycle those you know it may be three four or five um but there's no there's no like there's no set number it's it's really up to you and how much you can manage you know if you can manage submitting to 10 different libraries submit to 10 different libraries at the same time it's up to you completely customizable is what what I'll say no doubt Ingrid glad it glad it helped Um, and thank you for coming through yeah those are uh, those are the secret sauces to my mastering so yeah for the new people coming in man let me know where you guys are from what city are you watching from and um, let me know what you do i'm here answering questions i'll be on for about 15 more minutes or so Uh, so let me know what what you guys are struggling with what you're wondering about in regards to music licensing business and production and i'll be more than happy to answer them more than happy to answer let me get this logic out So yeah, if you guys are enjoying the info, man, smash the like button on this video so I guys so I know that you guys are rocking with it. Terrence from Cali, but moving back home to Atlanta. That's what's up. From Cali to ATL. That's a road trip right there. V pro from charlotte jedi ya from Hinesville, georgia that's what's up producer songwriter Kingmatic beats from los angeles um, but i just sell beats online definitely been interested into getting into tv licensing that's what's up man um yeah man add licensing to your revenue streams you already got the beat, beat licensing started um so now you can create another stream with licensing your music out to tv and film um I have a b store as well i keep them i keep them separate though um like my b store like i just do leases um i don't do exclusives on my store but i do leases but i keep everything separate from the licensing because i i feel like um i don't want there to be like a bunch of confusion on ownership and people popping out the woodwork like yo they use my song on this show like that was that's the instrumental to my song and then they like stop everything royalty wise so that's why I keep them separate Cincinnati Ohio that's what's up I got fam in Cincinnati yo the last time I drove through Cincinnati though those roads were rough I don't know I don't know what that's about but they need to get them roads together boy they almost tore my car up that's ohio though i'm from toledo ohio so i know i know what those roads are about in ohio they've been doing construction on 75 for the last 15 years yeah those roles are crazy producer beat maker want to get into sync licensing that's what's up man yeah sync licensing is dope i love it if you guys already couldn't tell Karev uh, said the roads here in the ATL. Yo, man, I agree. Yo, they they've been getting worse. Like I'm, there's a there's this huge pothole uh, by this Dunkin' Donuts. Man, this joint like and then they filled it with rocks, bro. Like they filled that joint with rocks. As if that was, I don't know what that was supposed to do. But the joint was, like, so wide, bro. Like, you can't even go around it. Like, you just got to take it. Like you just got to drive over that joint and take it. Um, I don't know. I was surprised. Because I'm like, yo, we don't get snow, winter, like, ice. We don't get that stuff down here. So, I was confused as to why this, this pothole was so big. Ohio, I understand it. Like, the weather and... The temperatures and all that stuff changing, like, I get it. I'll, I'll accept it from Ohio. But Atlanta? Nah, man. Y'all got to get it together. <clears throat> Crazy, dude. Uh, Terrence said, uh, they put out two instrumental albums but i want to submit them for Syncs. um can i do something like that yeah absolutely man um <clears throat> but i would say like double check with the licensing company that you're submitting like that you're signed with and just let them know like hey you know i'm thinking about releasing this as an instrumental album like on itunes and spotify and all that stuff um because just dep- it, it depends on the agreement um and just check with them and make sure but this shouldn't be it shouldn't be a problem but it's going to depend on that agreement man Roger Hayes what's up songwriter manager record label CEO Houston Texas looking for help in sync licensing that's what's up man you in the right place bro Hypnosis Beats said how long did it um, did it take to start getting paid royalties okay so from uh, from the moment it got placed from the moment i learned about the placement um to the time i got placed i want to say it was about um roughly six to nine months after i learned about it um before i seen royalties for that placement sometimes it could take longer because you're really waiting on that tv production company to send in the cue sheets to bmi CSAC, and ascap until they do that um you don't see royalties but the faster they do that you know the faster the pros can do what they need to do and um the faster you can get your get your royalties for that but yeah man it it took me i think it took me like a good it's probably a good year and a half man to to start seeing things move in the upward trend as far as royalties when getting started out. So keep that in mind, man. So you so you guys have like realistic expectations. Like this ain't no um uh you know I did five beats and now my royalties are like you know two thousand a quarter like it takes a while to build up. Um unless of course you got like a sink um like on a commercial or like a movie and you know you got some upfront money you know sometimes you see that faster but yeah just to be transparent and so you guys know like so you ain't surprised and then some networks like depending on what network you get a placement on like a joint may be 15 cents real talk um, or it could be like a major network NBC and then you see you know, a couple hundred dollars. Like it just it's all over the place. Good question. Dylan Atkins, what's good? Dylan from Central In- Illinois, producer, engineer. If you send to music libraries for sync placements, do you send each music library a different catalog or collection of your music? Um Man, dude, like why do you guys have the dopest questions? Like, that's a super good question. So if it's a exclusive deal with that music library, meaning you send a, like, track A, B, and C to, to company A. Or no, that's horrible. Track one, two, three to company A exclusively, then yes, you would send a different catalog tracks. Uh, four five six to company B if it's a non-exclusive deal um you could send all of those tracks to company A and if you sign another non-exclusive deal with company B you can send those same tracks or that same catalog to company B as well just but both of them have to be non-exclusive um I see a lot of exclusive deals more so these days. Um, so be prepared to, you know, create tracks for different tracks for different companies. Kingmatic Beat says, so for TV Sync, are the instrumentals shorter? Um, yeah, a lot of like for instrumental cues, the background music, super short. Like I don't, I usually don't go past a minute and a half, um, on those and it gets the job done, man. Terrence Prather said, who do you use to submit for music licensing? So, okay, so this, I get this question a lot. Um, and, I, and I, I never answer it because I don't want to handicap people. I don't want to give you the fish. I want to teach you how to fish. Um, and this is why. If I give you a company name, you reach out to the company. It may go great. It may not. It may go great though. You sign with the company. Company gets bought out by a bigger company or they just shut down or just something goes wrong with the company. Now, you're back at square one you don't know who to submit to because you only had a company name that somebody gave you and you don't even know how to find companies for yourself so the better question is how do you find companies to submit to Um, and you can do that by searching on Google search music licensing companies music libraries Um, go through their catalog go through their website see if they you know represent music that you think would fit your music would fit well with and then what happens is if anything ever happens to that company you know how to go back and find more companies or new companies and then your bread doesn't stop you know what i mean versus if you just knew one company that somebody that worked for somebody you know once that stops then boom your placement stops your royalty stops everything stops because you never learn how to fish. So that's why I always tell people like, yo, like learn how to find the companies. Don't just look for like the companies to submit to. There's a bunch out there. You just go a Google search. There's a bunch out there, um, but you have to find the ones that work for you. That's a part of the work. That's a part of the process of getting into music licensing. Um, even though I provide a directory with my role to 10 placements course, that's not to be like, this is the end all be all. That's just to kind of give you an idea of what these companies look like, um, and kind of give you a jump start and get you in the in the mode of doing research on companies um, and, and doing your due diligence to, to find good ones. But more importantly, I want to teach you guys like how to find the companies, man, because that's that's what keeps you in the game um, for a long time. So good question, man. Thanks, Terrence, for for asking that and, and for coming through. And then a- another way I'll I'll let you guys know is like, yo, the credits, man. Like everybody get up and leave out the credits. But you if you read the credits at the end, you'll see music supervisor, music buy, or you know what I'm saying? They'll have a lot of times they'll have a music library that supplied the music for that TV show or for that. That film or whatever um, all that information is on there Um, So yeah That's another way to to find them Dope stuff Kingmatic yeah dope dope yeah creative like more companies are definitely going more exclusive um terrence said also should i copyright my tracks even if i'm submitting for sync it's it's up to you man um and, and what you feel comfortable with some people copyright them before submitting them I personally don't because i'm submitting stuff like so much stuff like i can't it's too many um so either i'll wait do a collection or if it's like the little instrumental cues man i don't worry about copywriting that stuff um i just send it and then you know make sure everything is registered more importantly i've never had an issue with like <laughs> a music editor or music supervisor stealing my music um that would be really weird if that happened but <laughs> um I've never had an issue man um now when I'm when I'm working with full songs and if I'm submitting stuff to like artists major artists or whatever or you know that stuff I may be a little more uh prone to the copyright and make sure it's protected um but yeah man the instrumental stuff I, I really don't worry about the the whole copyright aspect of it um I got the sessions making sure to join is registered with the pro and then I'm I'm good to go from there yeah so yeah man if you guys want to learn more just about that process how to get started um, just go to clintproductions.com grab that free six-step guide um, to get started and um, yeah man hopefully it helps you guys like i said man i spent a lot of years just kind of learning bumping my head things like that um but this will help you kind of get from point a to point b faster without having to to learn and um well you still want to learn but you know making the, making the mistakes and in, in trial and error process man you can skip all of that um so that's there as a resource for you guys i'm about to hop off here i, I appreciate you guys coming through again if you like the information smash the like button And this will be up, man. So you guys can kind of rewatch it and go back and soak in the gym some more. And I'll catch you guys next week, man. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit clintproductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.